Ezekiel chapter 38. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. Prophesy against him and declare that this is what the Lord God says. Behold, I am against you, O Gog, chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaws, and bring you out with all your army, your horses, your horsemen in full armor, and a great company armed with shields and bucklers, all brandishing their swords. Persia, Cush, and Put will accompany them, all with shields and helmets, as well as Gomer with all its troops, and Beth Togamah from the far north with all its troops, the many nations with you. Get ready, prepare yourself, you and all your company gathered around you, you will be their guard. After a long time you will be summoned. In the latter years you will enter a land that is recovered from war, whose people were gathered from many nations to the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They had been brought out from the nations, and all now dwell securely. You and all your troops and many peoples with you will go up, advancing like a thunderstorm. You will be like a cloud covering the land. This is what the Lord God says. On that day, thoughts will arise in your mind, and you will devise an evil plan. You will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will come against a tranquil people who dwell securely, all of them living without walls or bars or gates, in order to seize the spoil and carry off the plunder, to turn a hand against the desolate places, now inhabited and against a people gathered from the nations, who have acquired livestock and possessions, and who live at the center of the land. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all its villages will ask, Have you come to capture the plunder? Have you assembled your hordes to carry away loot, to make off with silver and gold, to take cattle and goods, to seize great spoil? Therefore prophesy, son of man, and tell Gog that this is what the Lord God says. On that day when my people Israel are dwelling securely, will you not take notice of this? And you will come from your place out of the far north, you and many peoples with you, all riding horses, a mighty horde, a huge army. You will advance against my people Israel like a cloud covering the land. It will happen in the latter days, O Gog, that I will bring you against my land, so that the nations may know me when I show myself holy in you before their eyes. This is what the Lord God says, Are you the one of whom I have spoken in former days through my servants, the prophets of Israel, who in those times prophesied for years that I would bring you against them? Now on that day when God comes against the land of Israel, declares the Lord God, my wrath will flare up. In my zeal and fiery rage I proclaim that on that day there will be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. The fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the beasts of the field, every creature that crawls upon the ground, and all mankind on the face of the earth will tremble at my presence. The mountains will be thrown down, the cliffs will collapse, and every wall will fall to the ground. And I will summon a sword against Gog on all my mountains, declares the Lord God, and every man's sword will be against his brother. I will execute judgment upon him with plague and bloodshed. I will pour out torrents of rain, hailstones, fire and sulfur on him and on his troops, and on the many nations with him. I will magnify and sanctify myself, and will reveal myself in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Chapter 39 
As for you, O son of man, prophesy against Gog and declare that this is what the Lord God says. Behold, I am against you, O Gog, chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. I will turn you around, drive you along, bring you up from the far north, and send you against the mountains of Israel. Then I will strike the bow from your left hand and dash down the arrows from your right hand. On the mountains of Israel you will fall, you and all your troops and the nations with you. I will give you as food to every kind of ravenous bird and wild beast. You will fall in the open field, for I have spoken, declares the Lord God. I will send fire on Magog and on those who dwell securely in the coastlands, and they will know that I am the Lord. So I will make my holy name known among my people Israel, and will no longer allow it to be profaned. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, the Holy One, in Israel. Yes, it is coming, and it will surely happen, declares the Lord God. This is the day of which I have spoken. Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out, kindle fires, and burn up the weapons, the bucklers and shields, the bows and arrows, the clubs and spears. For seven years they will use them for fuel. They will not gather wood from the countryside or cut it from the forests they will use the weapons for fuel. They will loot those who looted them and plunder those who plundered them, declares the Lord God. And on that day I will give Gog a burial place in Israel, the valley of the travelers, east of the sea. It will block those who travel through, because Gog and all his hordes will be buried there. So it will be called the valley of Haman Gog. For seven months the house of Israel will be burying them in order to cleanse the land. All the people of the land will bury them, and it will bring them renown on the day I display my glory, declares the Lord God. The men will be employed to continually pass through the land to cleanse it by burying the invaders who remain on the ground. At the end of the seven months, they will begin their search. As they pass through the land, anyone who sees a human bone will set up a pillar next to it until the grave diggers have buried it in the valley of Haman Gog. Even the city will be named and so this will cleanse the land. And as for you, son of man, this is what the Lord God says. Call out to every kind of bird and to every beast of the field. Assemble and come together from all around to the sacrificial feast that I am preparing for you, a great feast on the mountains of Israel. There you will eat flesh and drink blood. You will eat the flesh of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth, as though they were rams, lambs, goats, and bulls all the fattened animals of Bashan. At the sacrifice I am preparing, you will eat fat until you are gorged and drink blood until you are drunk. And at my table you will eat your fill of horses and riders, of mighty men and warriors of every kind, declares the Lord God. I will display my glory among the nations, and all the nations will see the judgment that I execute and the hand that I lay upon them. From that day forward, the house of Israel will know that I am the Lord their God. And the nations will know that the house of Israel went into exile for their iniquity because they were unfaithful to me. So I hid my face from them and delivered them into the hands of their enemies so that they all fell by the sword. I dealt with them according to their uncleanness and transgressions, and I hid my face from them. Therefore, this is what the Lord God says. Now I will restore Jacob from captivity and will have compassion on the whole house of Israel, and I will be jealous for my holy name. 
They will forget their disgrace and all the treachery they committed against me when they dwell securely in their land, with no one to frighten them. When I bring them back from the peoples and gather them out of the lands of their enemies, I will show my holiness in them in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord their God, when I regather them to their own land, not leaving any of them behind after their exile among the nations. And I will no longer hide my face from them, for I will pour out my Spirit on the house of Israel, declares the Lord God. Chapter 40 In the twenty-fifth year of our exile, at the beginning of the year, on the tenth day of the month, in the fourteenth year after Jerusalem had been struck down, on that very day the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he took me there. In visions of God, he took me to the land of Israel and set me on a very high mountain, on whose southern slope was a structure that resembled a city. So he took me there, and I saw a man whose appearance was like bronze. He was standing in the gateway with a linen cord and a measuring rod in his hand. Son of man, he said to me, look with your eyes, hear with your ears, and pay attention to everything I am going to show you, for that is why you have been brought here. Report to the house of Israel everything you see. And I saw a wall surrounding the temple area. Now the length of the measuring rod in the man's hand was six long cubits, each measuring a cubit and a handbreadth. And he measured the wall to be one rod thick and one rod high. Then he came to the gate facing east and climbed its steps. He measured the threshold of the gate to be one rod deep. Each gate chamber was one rod long and one rod wide, and there were five cubits between the gate chambers. The inner threshold of the gate by the portico facing inward was one rod deep. Then he measured the portico of the gateway inside. It was eight cubits deep, and its jams were two cubits thick. And the portico of the gateway faced the temple. There were three gate chambers on each side of the east gate, each with the same measurements, and the gate posts on either side also had the same measurements. And he measured the width of the gateway entrance to be ten cubits, and its length was thirteen cubits. In front of each gate chamber was a wall one cubit high, and the gate chambers were six cubits square. Then he measured the gateway from the roof of one gate chamber to the roof of the opposite one. The distance was twenty-five cubits from doorway to doorway. Next he measured the gateposts to be sixty cubits high. The gateway extended around to the gatepost of the courtyard, and the distance from the entrance of the gateway to the far end of its inner portico was fifty cubits. The gate chambers and their side pillars had beveled windows all around the inside of the gateway. The porticos also had windows all around on the inside. Each side pillar was decorated with palm trees. Then he brought me into the outer court, and there were chambers and a pavement laid out all around the court. Thirty chambers faced the pavement, which flanked the gateways and corresponded to the length of the gates. This was the lower pavement. Then he measured the distance from the front of the lower gateway to the outside of the inner court. It was a hundred cubits on the east side as well as on the north. He also measured the length and width of the gateway of the outer court facing north. Its three gate chambers on each side, its side pillars, and its portico all had the same measurements, as the first gate, fifty cubits long and twenty-five cubits wide. Its windows, portico, and palm trees had the same measurements as those of the gate facing east. 
Seven steps led up to it, with its portico opposite them. There was a gate to the inner court facing the north gate, just as there was on the east. He measured the distance from gateway to gateway to be a hundred cubits. Then he led me to the south side, and I saw a gateway facing south. He measured its side pillars and portico, and they had the same measurements as the others. Both the gateway and its portico had windows all around, like the other windows. It was fifty cubits long and twenty-five cubits wide. Seven steps led up to it, and its portico was opposite them. It had palm trees on its side pillars, one on each side. The inner court also had a gate facing south, and he measured the distance from gateway to gateway toward the south to be a hundred cubits. Next he brought me into the inner court through the south gate, and he measured the south gate. It had the same measurements as the others. Its gate chambers, side pillars, and portico had the same measurements as the others. Both the gateway and its portico had windows all around. It was fifty cubits long and twenty-five cubits wide. The porticos around the inner court were twenty-five cubits long and five cubits deep. Its portico faced the outer court, and its side pillars were decorated with palm trees. Eight steps led up to it. And he brought me to the inner court on the east side, and he measured the gateway. It had the same measurements as the others. Its gate chambers, side pillars, and portico had the same measurements as the others. Both the gateway and its portico had windows all around. It was fifty cubits long and twenty-five cubits wide. Its portico faced the outer court, and its side pillars were decorated with palm trees on each side. Eight steps led up to it. Then he brought me to the north gate and measured it. It had the same measurements as the others, as did its gate chambers, side pillars, and portico. It also had windows all around. It was fifty cubits long and twenty-five cubits wide. Its portico faced the outer court, and its side pillars were decorated with palm trees on each side. Eight steps led up to it. There was a chamber with a doorway by the portico in each of the inner gateways. There the burnt offering was to be washed. Inside the portico of the gateway were two tables on each side, on which the burnt offerings, sin offerings, and guilt offerings were to be slaughtered. Outside, as one goes up to the entrance of the north gateway, there were two tables on one side and two more tables on the other side of the gate's portico. So there were four tables inside the gateway and four outside, eight tables in all, on which the sacrifices were to be slaughtered. There were also four tables of dressed stone for the burnt offering, each a cubit and a half long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit high. On these were placed the utensils used to slaughter the burnt offerings and the other sacrifices. The double-pronged hooks, each a handbreadth long, were fastened all around the inside of the room, and the flesh of the offering was to be placed on the tables. Outside the inner gate, within the inner court, were two chambers, one beside the north gate and facing south, and another beside the south gate and facing north. Then the man said to me, The chamber that faces south is for the priests who keep charge of the temple and the chamber that faces north is for the priests who keep charge of the altar. These are the sons of Zadok, the only Levites who may approach the Lord to minister before him. Next he measured the court. It was square, a hundred cubits long and a hundred cubits wide, and the altar was in front of the temple. Then he brought me to the portico of the temple and measured the side pillars of the portico to be five cubits on each side. The width of the gateway was fourteen cubits, and its side walls were three cubits on either side. 
The portico was twenty cubits wide and twelve cubits deep, and ten steps led up to it. There were columns by the side pillars, one on each side. 